Welcome to Changing the Perception of Blindness, One Conversation at a Time, where we aim to break down barriers, demystify blindness, and promote real and lasting change. Join host David Steinmetz as he connects us with professionals who are making a positive impact in the community. These leaders help empower individuals who are blind or have other disabilities to live a full and inclusive life. Let's lean in as David kicks off today's conversation. I'm David Steinmetz, and uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank my sponsor today, Arizona Industries for the Blind. They are an enterprise nonprofit organization empowering people who are blind or visually impaired to achieve their highest goals and aspirations through dignified employment. To learn more about Arizona Industries for the Blind, visit www.azifb.com. So this show originated at the beginning of the year. I kicked it off and primarily did so to connect with business leaders in the blindness community and others who are making the world more accessible and inclusive for people who are blind. And throughout my my show, throughout the year, I've had different guests in. And today I'm going to do something a little different. Today, you just have me. And I'm going to talk a little bit about more of why the show was created, a little bit about my personal story of really having to change my own perception of what blindness is or was to to me as what I thought it was, and, you know, how we can make a difference for the blindness community moving forward. So some of the things that are really important to know, uh, first and foremost, that seven out of 10, that's 70%, of Americans who are blind or vision impaired or have other significant disabilities or unemployed. And that number, I think if the general population or the general workforce had unemployment rates like that, I think the world would uh, just come undone. Um, We saw during the pandemic, the the 15% unemployment and and all the benefits and, and services that were needed to try and get those individuals back to work. And so I think that uh, through my show, through uh, my activities as a community public relations outreach manager, is to really kind of bring light to this uh, unemployment rate and what I can do, what you can do to help move the needle and lessen that and give people who are blind or have other disabilities opportunities to participate in the great American work experience and achieve all their goals and aspirations as well. Additionally to the unemployment rate, what does that do to our economy and our productivity uh, for an organization, for, for, the, for the country, really, for the world? It, it, estimates are anywhere from 30 to $60 billion are lost due to uh, visual impairments. That's that's incredible amount of money that goes into supporting someone who is blind vision impaired through social services or social support or just the lack of not having them in the workforce and the, the growth rate in which uh, organizations can uh, increase output. So, you know, there are just all kinds of facts and figures like that. 70% of high school students who are blind vision impaired don't graduate. Just lots of staggering st- statistics that I can go on with. But that's not really what we want to do. What we want to do is focus on how, uh, through this show and through my guests, how do we together work towards uh, lowering that unemployment rate and getting more people 
back to work. The concept of this show comes together from the various conversations that I have with people, whether I am in the grocery store, uh, I am getting in and out of a ride share, or just waiting on uh, for a bus on the street. Typically, the conversations become focused on not everyday tasks, not everyday conversations about the news, weather, etc., but about my abilities as a person to live independently or even to work. And I've had people ask me in, in quite surprised tone, oh, you can make coffee? I was shocked by the, the fact that the perception of somebody who was blind couldn't do a simple task or that because I work for a nonprofit organization or that employs people who are blind, when someone would say, um, after me telling them where I work, of course you do. And isn't it nice that you have a place to go? Now, I know that that's not meant to be in a negative way, but it certainly can be taken that way is that someone who is blind can only go and work or go and have some kind of social interaction at an organization that employs only people who are blind. And I think that those perceptions is what drives the high unemployment among people who are blind. And those are just people on the street. If we look at business owners uh, and hiring managers, there's a survey that says that 45% of those hiring managers, HR professionals, believe that there are no jobs within their organization that a person who is blind can do. So I want to reach out through this uh, media, through this podcast, through this radio show, through my guests, to help change that stigma to, I don't want to use the word normalize what blindness is because the fact that my eyes don't work doesn't really mean that my brain doesn't or that I don't have something still to contribute. So it's really to, to change that, that perception, to change what uh, ideas, whether it was family values, societal um, values, and just general knowledge of something you've seen in the past of somebody who is blind that maybe, um, you know, gets lost in, you know, in a bathroom because they, they can't see and, and, or they get the, you know, grandparents lost their vision and they just sat in their recliner and, and did nothing. Those are, those are probably some of the more common stigmas, I believe, of blindness, that that's what people who are blind should look like or should behave like or is the normal blindness. And blindness really is obviously much more than that. Now, it doesn't say that those things don't happen or people, uh, myself, I have gone into an unfamiliar area, get turned around until I get my bearings and figure out where I'm at, and I go on. And I don't think that's any different on my ride share over here. Uh, my driver got lost, made a wrong turn, had to figure out. Fortunately, they had GPS to help them guide them to where it was uh, that we needed to get to. So the fact that it happens to me and it just goes to show that it happens to everybody. And those are things that we're trying to communicate through changing the perception one conversation at a time. So these these conversations I have with people on the street, rideshare, Uber, or in my networking events, 
and bringing into uh, Arizona Industries for the Blind as a role model in the community so they can see that people who are blind can work as an accounts payable clerk or HR administrative professional or uh, work in a warehouse that is fully functioned, uh, 325,000 orders a year. And people who are blind are out in the shelving and the racking, picking product, using material handling equipment, et cetera, to change that perception. Again, one conversation at a time. So I'm really out to, you know, to connect with and focus with business owners, HR professionals through this channel and through the, the work that we do every day. Because for uh, work for me is more than just a paycheck. And I think it is for a lot of people that we get value out of the things that we do, whether it's as I'm sitting across from my producer here today, right? And join loving the things that he does and the people that he's able to connect with. So I'm sure it's more than just, just that paycheck for him. He's, he's gaining, broadening his social network and, and professional career. He's able to do things that, that probably wouldn't have an opportunity to do otherwise. And I think that's the same thing that I, I go to work for every day is for those opportunities to be self-supporting, those opportunities to, to grow my professional career, push myself to, cha- to be challenged a little bit more every day. And in those challenges, those confidence continues to build. And when you gain that confidence, you're more and that to do other things outside of work and, and grow outside of work. And so I think that those things are important to make sure that we always understand and um, think about when we're talking about the programs like Arizona Industry for the Blind that hire people or just any other organization when you're creating a culture that embraces um, diversity and inclusion that you are thinking that that is more than just um, a job for somebody, that that is, it's a career where people hope to stay and, and grow and move up in an organization, excuse me, if they chose, or somebody that just is very excited to come into work, do their job and contribute to a team. So these things are important to remember as we move forward, as we want to change the perception of blindness. My journey in blindness, I talk a little bit about my own personal journey, and I've, I've mentioned it in past episodes that I came from a family that uh, no one had any blindness. I didn't know anybody. I didn't really have any experience or concept of blindness until one day um, after a routine eye exam that the optometrist noticed some spots on my retina he said that he wanted me to go to a specialist. And I said, yeah, sure, okay. On my way home, I was driving, I drove home and I got home and as soon as I walked in the door, uh, my parents came to me and said, your optometrist just called, we need to get you into a specialist right away. So my thoughts were, okay, I'll get to it when I get to it, but it seemed that there was more to whatever it was that he was seeing, these spots on my retina. So we made an appointment at a university that specialized in retinal diseases. After about eight hours of uh, various tests that 
from having electrodes stuck to my eyes and a light that is probably uh, 10,000 times brighter than the sun flashed into my eye to see the responses of my retina and the rods and cones to having instruments that looked like they probably belonged in Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory, as he would say, and poked it, pushed and prodded around inside my eye. And after all that, the doctor came in and said, uh, David, you have retinitis pigmentosa, or RP. What is your uh, career goals? And I told him I was studying criminal justice. And his response was, there are no blind cops. You better find another career. Have a nice life. And so in that very moment of, I'll say, being known that um, of blindness, there was a negative perception of what someone who is blind can do. And although that didn't change my career path, you know, life, I think, changed my career path. I ended up going into uh, manufacturing and, and other various different jobs as in my late teens until I, in early 20s, until I kind of settled down. As my vision continued to decrease, I gave up driving. We started a family. And it was after having a major life event uh, where I hit somebody on a bicycle, uh, that's why I stopped driving, did I realize that there was something more to this retinal disease that I have and that I should probably take it serious and start doing things about it. And so I connected with the local vocational rehabilitation program. And they helped me develop some of the blindness skills that I would need to be successful. While I was doing this, I was also still working. And I had started to go back to school because I knew that in order for me to compete, in order for me to be able to support my family, that I would need some technology skills. I would need some education and go into business school. And so that's what I did. And as I was going through this kind of journey and experiencing the loss of vision and what I thought and think is normal, what everybody else sees, I would find myself tripping over things more and more or missing uh, different facial expressions and things like that where I couldn't see somebody's face. So it's not like it just went from light to dark for me. So it was a long journey. And in that journey, I had to learn how to accept and be vulnerable, accept help, and to adjust to this life. I just certainly questioned how I would do all those things. It was not an easy thing. I questioned how to be a, a good parent, a good husband, a good provider. And I think those experiences helped me get to where it is that I am today. So I think it's important to know that. It's important to understand that. And what I, when I talk to various groups is that, you know, I ask, are you a spouse, a brother, a sibling, uh, a parent, et cetera, whatever you are as you are sitting here today. And then if you close your eyes, are you still that person? Are you still the same person that you were when your eyes were open? And the answer is yes. Nothing has changed. The change is that your eyes are closed and you can't see anything in front of you. And you'll develop the skills and you'll develop the the motivation to go forward and to do the things that you enjoy doing. Doesn't mean that you're going to do them the same way that you did before. It just means that you may do them a little bit differently. So I think that that's important that for the audience and, and for 
those listening today to understand that because I have a visual impairment or because a a candidate might be sitting in front of you, it has a visual impairment, is blind, that they don't have the skills or abilities to get the job done. What means is that they, on paper, demonstrated that they have those skills, have given, you know, possibly examples of how they've achieved uh, increased performance or productivity or how they saved the organization money. And the blindness should have nothing to do with how they did that. They did it using whatever technology they needed and along with their brain and their knowledge and their experience. And I find that a lot of people forget that. I'll go back to that first question of how do you make coffee? And so that's what motivates me to come out and and do this show, to go out to networking events, and to talk to people about the capabilities, not disabilities. As I was going through this journey, I continued to go to school, learn how to you know, study differently using magnification, access, uh, disability resources, and things like that in order to help me get through college. During this time, uh, as I was still working for another small manufacturing company, I told my employer that I had this retinal disease and that in those in that split second again, he saw me as a liability, not no longer an asset, no longer someone that can do procurement go out into the shop and do inventory, count parts, uh, source the parts, and have the parts delivered, assemble the product, all the things that I was doing prior to me disclosing to him. And that was the second time really that I really noticed and felt like there are so many negative perceptions of blindness. Now, Blindness means a lot of different things in terms of what I think people envision blindness to be. 80% of people who are legally blind still have residual vision that can still see, uh, still use a computer without any magnification or maybe a little bit of magnification. And there are people who are totally blind who have really no light perception at all. And that range uh, is probably like I said, 80% to 20%. And the definition of blindness is 2200, or basically the large E at the top of an eye chart, 2200 in either eye with corrected lenses. So if you can't see any of those things, that big E with a pair of glasses on, and that's the only line you can see, then you would be considered legally blind. Or there's a second definition, which is less than 20 degrees loss of peripheral vision. So tunnel vision, basically. Now, there are people who are legally blind that still drive. They use um, technology, monoculars, and other ocular devices that help them expand their field of vision, and they can still drive. So when you see somebody and they say that they are blind, because I hear this all the time, is you don't look blind. You are looking right at me or you move so easily through a crowd or this or that or whatever it may be. And I, I kind of go back and think, what is that? 
perception? What is it, the expectation? And it should be a high expectation. It should be expected that when someone is talking, just you look at them, whether you're sighted or blind, that's a sign of respect. And, and I think it's, it should be valued, not as uh, something that's amazing or awe as because I have a visual impairment. So the other, I think, ideas and concepts come into mind and it's easy to fall into because like I said, I did myself, not knowing what blindness was, not having any experience in our family. As I went out after graduating college, I realized uh, that the job search was a lot harder than I expected. One of my interviews was at Auto Parts Distributor, and I was applying to become a purchasing agent for this organization. And so the day before the interview, my wife and I, we went and took the route that, that I would get used to get you know, on the bus to get to this location, where to get off the bus, et cetera. We did that the day before. And as we were driving down the street where the, the auto park distributor was, there was a bunch of junkyards all around this, this, uh, this building. Uh, my wife is describing the area, again, where to get off the bus, how many driveways, whatever, you know, tactical uh, markers for me to be able to get into uh, the location. I started to think, oh my gosh, what am I applying for? You know, you know, on this street that's nothing but junkyards and abandoned lots and and what have you. So when I went in for my interview, I wore just a pair of Dockers and a and a polo shirt um, because I felt that based on the area that this building was in, that that would be the appropriate dress code versus my normal suit and tie. And so I went in for the interview, did not shake the, the interviewer's hand, although he stuck it out. And how I know that is at the, end of the, at the end of the interview, he said to me, why didn't I shake his hand? And the second question he asked me or said to me or statement he made to me was that we all wear suit and ties here every day. And I probably would have done it, wore a suit and tie if the building was in a typical business park or in another area, but I took what I perceived to be a different type of work environment. And so I think it's easy to make assumptions on what things appear on the outside than what they really are on the inside. And that's what uh, I think is, is important to know for employers when I talked about earlier about just because my eyes don't work, just I walk in with a guide dog or a cane, that my brain, my experience, work experience, professional background, my personal life have all got me here today to this interview. I've demonstrated that I have the skills, knowledge, and abilities to do the job and to give me that opportunity. So that's what I ask and what I hope to, that my audience gets through this show is to understand that because somebody looks different, somebody acts different, somebody uses, has a laptop out on their desk uh, and an earbud in, or they're using a Braille keyboard, that they're accessing the same thing or doing the same work that, that the individual without a disability is doing next to them. And that given the opportunity I think you'll be quite surprised and 
pleased with the performance and the loyalty and the passion that people who are blind bring to the workforce. And I, I've learned that again over many years of uh, my journey through blindness. And although I didn't get that job at the distribution center there, uh, and fortunately, fortunately so, I found and applied for a position at Arizona Industries for the Blind. And that was my first experience about being around other people who are blind and seeing firsthand that someone who's blind can be successful in various types of uh, work environments from running uh, CNC, computer numeric controlled machines, loading parts, unloading parts, changing tools, assembling products, and working in a fulfillment center or uh, providing administrative support that people who are blind are out here in the community doing this every day. Without that realization, it was, it was quite the, the eye-opener to me. And uh, I have the pleasure now, after 17 years, to be able to go out and share that, share the pride, share the excitement that, that I have for going into work every day and, the, and having camaraderie and shared experiences with my coworkers, my peers, that help, I think, move the organization forward. I think that everybody brings to the workplace, helps the organization be successful. And so I think that that's important to know as well, that when you are hiring somebody who is blind and vision impaired or with a disability, that you're just bringing more than that skill or abilities. You're bringing in a whole lot of other experiences, other uh, skill sets, um, you know, problem solving and creativity, um, right? planning out the route in advance so that I know where I'm going and how to get there. And if there's, you know, tactical markers, those are all things that I use to help solve problems or think of alternative ways to accomplish the, the goal that's in front of me. And I, I don't think that that's any different than, than you know, the rest of the workforce, but we just typically find uh, people with disabilities bring additional value and, and to, to an organization. As I continued my growth personally and professionally through Arizona Industries for Blind, I found that I wanted to do more. Um, I was able to participate in leadership programs through the National Industries for the Blind. And I continue to apply for upward mobility leadership opportunities within the organization as they came available. Some of them I got, some of them I didn't, and that's okay. Because I think, again, I think my journey to blindness has led me to where it is that I am today. And it has given me a, a different perspective. I think I've gained as a person, I've gained as a professional, as an employee, and I've gained to my family more than I think what the, the blindness has, has taken from me. That's probably the same for a lot of people. And I don't think that it's any different than the general population or in any other community is that as that confidence grows, so do, so do we. And we, we take bigger challenges, bigger risks, and we gain bigger uh, returns. So I think it's, it's really exciting to hear and to, to feel and to continue to be able to, to mentor or support and help others change their perspective 
on blindness or to take a chance in hiring somebody who's blind or partnering with an organization like AIB that will enable someone else an opportunity to be self-sufficient, to make their own choices in life and not rely on other people. And that's really what I hope that we can get out and messaging through this platform as well as my, my professional life. So I hope that uh, as we continue on uh, with this show and our next show is going to be uh, during National Disability Employment Awareness Month, it's an opportunity to recognize the value and contributions that people with disabilities bring to the workplace. And I'm going to have a great lineup of, of uh, panel guests. And we're going to talk about training. We're going to talk about opportunities for employers and how to connect with organizations. And we're going to talk to an actual employer that values that experience diversity that people with disabilities bring to a workforce. And I think in, in, um, in closing, I would, I'm going to say that, you know, with the right training and the right check technology and the right attitude, whether from the employer taking that risk to the employee who wants to step up and do more and be more, people who are blind can compete and be successful in the workplace. Thank you for listening to Changing the Perception of Blindness, One Conversation at a Time with your host, David Steinmetz. Be sure to subscribe to Changing the Perception of Blindness, One Conversation at a Time on your favorite podcast platform and tune in live on Phoenix Business Radio X every third Friday at 1 p.m. We hope you feel inspired by today's conversation and maybe we've even sparked a new idea or opportunity.